Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. Boom! This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Hello, champion, and welcome back to the Everyday Saturday Podcast. Got a really great interview for you today with Joel Irway. If you don't know Joel, uh, one of the good guys online. I I connected with Joel three, four years ago. Uh, he helped me actually launch uh, my mini webinar, and I bought his uh, course way back in the day called High Ticket Courses, and he's just a solid dude. Uh, also, feather in his cap, he's also from the Western New York area, so Big ups to Joel on that. But take a listen to this interview. You can also catch it on my YouTube channel. Every day is Saturday if you want to watch the video version of it. But we go over a lot. The entrepreneurial journey, the mindset, how AI has come into the marketing realm, why high-ticket courses sell, how to put together your own power offer, chalked full of great content. So here's my interview with Joel Irway. Welcome back to the Everyday Saturday Podcast. Sam Crowley here with my friend Joel Irway. Want to give Joel a great introduction. It's wild, man. I met Joel. Well, I didn't meet Joel. I was introduced to Joel and his courses uh, a few years ago. And I don't part with money easily on the internet. I don't click the buy button quickly, but I did with Joel. And the reason I did with Joel is because he was selling a course. We'll talk about all, of, all that he does. But at the time, and you keep me honest here, Joel, uh, it was about how to sell high ticket courses. Yep. And I really loved your marketing. I liked the no nonsense, authentic approach. Uh, it helped that you're from Western New York. I'm from that area as well. So that was kind of a feather in your cap. And when I bought the course, I went through it and it was gold. Like, I think it was two grand at the time. Don't know what it is now or what it was before, but at the time I think it was two grand. And I could have watched five minutes of that course and got my money's worth. And so that's value number one. Then I hired Joel to write a webinar for me. Might've been 12, 15 grand, whatever it was at the time. I don't know what it's paid me back, a hundredfold maybe, I have no idea, but that's what Joel does. And we'll get into what he does and the semi-retirement and all the great things that he's into now. I wanna talk about AI a little bit as well. But I really resonated with Joel and you're gonna resonate with Joel Irway. And if you don't know Joel Irway, you need to connect with this guy because he's one of the smartest, I think most genuine people I found online. Joel. Welcome to the Everyday Saturday Podcast, my friends. Good to be here, Sam. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, man. So I want to take you back to that. Uh, high Ticket Courses. That was my first intro to you. And we, you, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. And I also want to talk about like how you got started, because that's a pretty fascinating story, sure. how you got started as well. But I'm just going to pick a pocket in time, three, four years ago, when I first got introduced to you. What was your thought process around creating content to sell just in that genre, high ticket stuff? Yeah. Oh, great question. Um, you know, so it's funny. Nobody's ever like asked that specific question before. That's why I love podcasts is because you get to, you get to unpack and unfold. So the question was, how did I pick that genre? How did I pick that niche? 
Yeah, like high ticket, the the success that you had, because it struck me as such a nichified mm-hmm. course. And it wasn't inexpensive as courses go, but it was such a niche. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like I don't want to sell low ticket. I don't want to lead magnet in 27 different steps on a ladder. You got right to, hey guys, you should be selling high ticket. You need to value your intellectual property cool. or what you do. And I thought it was just so cool how you picked that specific part of all the different value ladders and all the things out there. Yeah. All right. So I'll give you, an, I tend to ramble, so feel free to jump in and, right and keep me keep me on on point here. Um, it It's not like I woke up one day when I was trying to <laughs> you know, plan out my life trajectory. I mean, my original plan was to, I went to school for engineering. I was a mechanical engineer by training. Then, you know, I spent five years in college, went to RIT, Alfred State. And after I graduated, I got a job and I lasted like eight months. I'm like, I hate this. Like, I hate everything about this field. You know, it's like, um, I did great in school. I was great at numbers and calculations, but when it came to like designing stuff, I just absolutely, that's not how my brain worked. And so I'm like, oh man, this is not good. So fast forward, um, jumped career paths, went into sales engineering, really loved sales and marketing and did great at, at that for about five years. And then started to get the entrepreneurial itch. So I started to read books like The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and I started to get exposed to the world of, I didn't want to, I don't even want to call it like online marketing. It was really just this world of like virtual assistants. That's kind of what was the bridge to get me into this world of online business. I, you know, in, in that book, Tim Ferriss talks about how you can hire virtual assistants to do some menial tasks for you just to free up time and, and productivity. Well, that led me down to the rabbit hole of like email marketing. You know, I signed up for a free MailChimp account. Then I learned, then I just decided I wanted to write an ebook. So I published my first ebook on how to pass the fundamentals of engineering exam, which is a licensing process that um, design engineers go through. And so I started to make some sales. I don't even want to say it was income because I wasn't positive. I'm selling a $10 ebook. Um, but I started <laughs> to like get this itch for like, oh man, like, you know, my it's funny because my first my first thought was, oh, if I sell, you know, 10,000 of these ebooks a month, like I'll be rich. Never mind to the fact that like the number of people that take the fundamentals of engineering exam, I couldn't come anywhere close to 10,000 a month. It's like maybe 30 a month I could sell. <laughs> so anyway, just started to learn some lessons in business there. But, you know, I made those first couple of sales. I'm like, okay, wow, like this is, I got the itch. And so, started to hire other coaches, started to get exposed to the world of online marketing, info products, courses, software, and explored a lot of it. I ended up hiring a marketing coach back in 2014. And I was going to sell, I was going to design my own career development course for engineers because I had this unique skill set that if I landed a job interview, I received a job offer from 100% of all interviews that I've ever taken in my entire lifespan, like whether it's, you know, professional interviews all the way up, you know, to in, in the engineering space to, you know, being a pin pusher at a bowling alley when I was 15 years old. Okay, <laughs> I think I, I've got something here. So I hired a marketing coach. I'm like, Hey, I've got this course I've built. How do I sell it? And so he told me, you know what you need to do? You need to do webinars. I'm like, okay, I know how to do webinars. I did them for five years in my sales engineering role. So I'm like, that's natural to me. Fast forward, uh, I started doing some webinars, making some sales in my course, and I was part of this 
coaching group and this mentor of mine was telling everybody to do sales webinars. Now it came natural to me, but it wasn't natural for like 95% of the other people in, in the group. And, you know, he, this, this mentor knew the effectiveness of, of, of sales webinars. So he's telling everybody to do it because he was good at it, but he couldn't coach everybody. It's just a lot of, it's very time consuming. So I ended up picking up a few consulting clients and working with them on how to sell their courses while I'm selling my course with webinars. So that went very well. And uh, I ended up pivoting my own, uh, my own brand. So away from selling engineering courses, career development courses to now launching the webinar agency and doing marketing and sales webinars for other people. So that got me exposed. I, I promise we'll get to the, we'll get to the no, go question ahead. of you know, how it. did I niche down into high ticket courses? So I promise we'll get there, but that led me into the, that world of really courses, you know, how to sell just online courses and from all different price points. You know, we had some people who wanted to sell a $300 course. We had some people who wanted to sell a thousand dollar course. And then, you know, back in 2015, there was a big push for, you know, coaching and consulting programs, like how to use webinars to book appointments and sell your premium priced products and services for five, 10, 15, $20,000 and up. And it all came very natural to me just because of my, my background and my sales experience. And what really led me down to niching down into high ticket courses. I, I don't even want to say I niched down into there, even though I published the book, high ticket courses, it just stems from the fact that I saw way too many people come into my world wanting to work with me saying, Hey, Joel, I want to do a marketing and sales webinar to sell my $200 course, my $300 course, my $500 course. And without going through all the details of like the economics, that's extremely difficult to make profitable selling a 300 to 500, even a thousand dollar course running. If you're relying on paid ads to generate leads, to generate sales, like if you make that work at scale, yeah, like that automated webinar, that long form webinar sell a low ticket course is like the holy grail. But I can tell you right now, 99.5% of people are going to fail. It's just expensive. You need to be really good at what you do. And what I started to realize was that, you know, most people don't, you know, whether depending on what your audience understands with the market, in my mind, like even a thousand dollars and below, that's not high ticket. High ticket is really like three to five grand and above. You know, nowadays we're selling programs, programs and services for $150,000 and up. I mean, straight from cold traffic. So, um, I really developed, a, I, I, I figured out that like the fastest way for people to kind of become ROI positive and really start to pad their bank account and validate their offer was to really go high ticket first and get to those milestones of either 30 K a month, 50 K a month, hundred K a month. And that sound, might sound like a stretch to people listening right now, but you know, if you can develop a marketing and sales system to sell something that's, you know, five grand or above, you'll, you'll achieve a lot more profitability that way. So even if you don't want to do that long-term, you can then take that money, that excess cash, and then reinvest it in a marketing team that can maybe now sell your lower ticket product. So it's really just about understanding that, um, you know, starting high ticket is the fastest way to kind of pad your bank account and then use that money to reinvest kind of down your value ladder. And I learned this from Elon Musk. He wrote this blog post about Tesla and how Elon launched Tesla cars. That entire automobile vehicle line was he started out by selling the Roadster first, which was like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar vehicle. So it's the premium market first, highest, you know, you know, highest um, 
cost in, in, in terms of the retail value. Uh, and he even explained why he did it. He goes, because that's going to give us the highest profit margin. So then we can reinvest down the value ladder. I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, I already knew that, but I didn't explain mm -hmm. it as eloquently as Elon did. So I just started to reference that. And I'm like, listen, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. If you don't understand this, then, you know, this model, then, you know, we can't go any further. But thankfully, that message resonated with a lot of people. And so that's really why I always start high ticket and then work my way down the value ladder because I have plenty of low ticket products of my own. But I'm at a point where I don't need to sell high ticket to survive. And most people in the startup world, most people when they're launching courses, they're launching products, you know, what's the number one thing they need? Revenue, right? And yeah. like a lot of revenue to fund the rest of the business. So hopefully that wasn't too long-winded. So that's that's fascinating. I just got to ask this question real quick, Joel. Are you an engineer by trade? Like, is that what you went to school for? Yes, it is. Mechanical engineering. Yeah. Okay. So whenever I have an engineering client, I, I get scared of engineers, accountants, and attorneys. And I don't, I don't get, I don't get fearful for any other reason but this, because they come to me, they want to launch a podcast or create what we call their million dollar message, right? And I'm like, dude, you're way too analytical. You're the guy that this needs to fit into here. Square peg, square hole. So engineers scare me. And I tell them this up front, because if it doesn't work perfectly out of the gate, your podcast, you know, this doesn't go exactly right. That, But you're different because you're an engineer, but now you're an entrepreneur. I don't know many guys like you. Was it, what was that crossover like going from cerebral, everything's got to work perfectly because in the engineering world, like we need... If you're going to build a bridge, it needs to work. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't fall. It can't be like, oh, well, we tried two of them. Eight of them didn't work. So eight bridges fell down, you yeah. know. But what was that mindset? Like, guys, there's not a lot of guys or girls built like you. How did you do that crossover from engineering mindset to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall? Something's got to stick in this entrepreneurial world and failure's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I have never really thought about it until recently. Uh, it, it's... It's funny because the more that I think about it, the more that I realize how blessed I am to have that blend. Because I'm just like you, Sam. Um, when I work with those types of clients, you know, there's there's engineers, there's lawyers, there's accountants, um, and I, I'm sure there's one or two other niches, but they make me very nervous because they just, you know, it, it, it's it's they just have to. It has to be systematic. And so I'm, it's, it's funny because, you know, when I'm designing offers, it's, I have to have my creative brain on, creative brain, on, yeah. uh, creative brain on over here. And then when I'm launching and testing, it's like analytical brain has to come on over here. And so when I was working in the engineering field, like I never thought that I was creative at all. Because where I really lacked was in the visual aspect, you know, so as design engineers, we really had to, like, I could run calculations all day. That's how my brain worked. But visualizing and seeing the big picture uh, and actually just seeing what we were doing was a real big struggle for me. And so for the longest time, I never thought that I was creative. Like, I would never associate myself with, with creativity, but... Um, you know, I have to have a level of creativity when it comes to designing offers. And so, um, you know, the the reality is that I'm I'm very blessed to have that blend of creativity, and and I'm and I'm aware of it because um, yeah. if you're just overly analytical, oh man, good luck, right? But it, also, if you're overly creative, you can't stay on track, and you're just so pie in the sky, like 
you know, just yeah. you can't you can't stay grounded. Like you can't come grounded, and um, and so, you know, I'm blessed that my genetics and and my my upbringing and my education kind of led me where I was because I got out of just the straight analytical world very very quickly, um, and probably you know I needed to learn the right creativity mindset for for myself and. Um, you know, I'm working with a consultant right now. We're launching a live event actually here in two days, a, a workshop. And uh, he's a former client of mine, super, super brilliant, but he's helping us map out the message for this event. Now he is way creative, way like, you know, he, he just needs an outline and he can go, he can go ham and he can just go run the entire four hour workshop himself. Now me, I got to have it all detailed out. Like, I need to know, what are we going to say here? What are we going to say here? And so he's like, he has to keep reeling me back. in. he's like, come on, Joel, you need to work with me on this. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. But like, it's so hard for me to detach. But um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's fascinating. Yep. No, that's wild. That's why I asked the question because, you know, that's an unusual analytical and creative to be working in that same. I mean, online, you got to be that yeah, way. Yeah, the analytical you know, side for me all. creeps up all the time. But sometimes I just have to like take the hammer and whack a mole and say, Go back to your hole. Go back to your hole. <laughs> I get yeah. it. So when you talk about, so I'm listening to this podcast. Um, this will be on our YouTube channel and all over wherever you download audio podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and I'm listening to it. And I'm Susie Smith, and I live in Omaha, Nebraska. And I hear Joel saying, "Start with the Tesla Roadster first. And I'm like, "Dude, do you even know that I've never sold anything online before?" And you want me to come out of the gate firing with a three to five thousand dollar course? Hello, imposter syndrome. Hello, first time creating courses. You got to really convince me, brother, that I got something worth three to five grand because I've never done this before. What would you say to Susie in Omaha? Has Susie ever held a career, ever held a job? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so what were they paying her just as a, an average monthly? 50 grand. 50, oh, 50 grand a year. Okay. So 50 grand a year. So that's roughly five grand a month, four grand a month, whatever it is, between four to five grand a month, right? Boom. Yep. You've sold high ticket, right? You've sold yourself. Somebody has already paid you $50,000 for X number of years, right? So you have value to somebody, right? So like if you're somebody right now that has to convince themselves, like I don't have anything of value, it's like, well, have you ever held a job, right? Even if you're at McDonald's, even if you're at fast food, right? You know, they're paying you at least minimum wage here in, in the US here is, is approaching $15 an hour, right? So that's going to be roughly $30,000 a year. It's all about just shifting your mindset and understanding that, you know, we have to, we have to move away from, I'm only valuable to one person. to now, how do I clone that value across multiple people? And the easiest way to kind of do that is understanding how to get people to raise their hand and saying, I like what you have to offer. Let's talk. How can you do that for me? Right? So designing high ticket really is not difficult. It's all about targeting the right people with something that they perceive as being, you know, t at least 10 times as valuable as what your investment is and asking them, you know, are you ready to make that happen now or later? And it's, you know, I don't want to oversimplify these things, but if you've got, you know, pricing you know, objections in your own mind of like, oh, I don't how am I supposed to sell something that's, you know, $5,000 is $10,000 is $20,000. Like, okay, well, maybe you don't start at $10,000. Maybe you have to start at 3000 and work your way up until you get the confidence level because you absolutely have to deliver the value, right? I'm not telling you to just invent value out of, out of thin air. You absolutely have to deliver that value, but you can start at 
two to three thousand dollars. My first high ticket offer that I sold was just premium coaching of that first ebook that I sold or that I created. So when I created that that system of you know how to beat the fundamentals of engineering exam, I sold it for ten bucks on Amazon as a as a Kindle ebook. Naturally, I had a few people reach out to me saying like, "Hey, I really like this. You know, how do you can you work with me to take that even further?" And I didn't need to, I didn't need anyone to convince me that I needed to just you know I wasn't going to sell my time for ten bucks. I wasn't going to coach them for free. So I just <laughs> I said, you know what? Sure, I'll consult you for nine hundred ninety five dollars, a thousand bucks. And I think I sold my first five or ten clients that way. And it was all about just them associating value and understanding that I have a system, I have a methodology for getting the result. And if you like that system methodology and you feel like that system, that methodology will work for you, I can help you implement that. You know, that's that's how I think about it. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's what do you, what skill set do you have that other people will find valuable? How can you how can you tie that into a into a system? And then how can you generate leads to see if people want your help implementing that system now or later? Yeah, that's the part, uh, the generating leads part. So staying with the same person um, that they were looking to do a course or coaching, because I want to talk to you about the differences also between doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, exchanging your time for money if you're just getting started as well. And I, I want to come back to that. But I don't have a budget. Let's say I don't have a budget to run any kind of paid traffic and there's a big learning curve to paid traffic. But I am on, you know, pick a platform, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or things like that. But Joel... I got imposter syndrome bad, dude. I mean, I just, I've never done this before. I've never sold my services before. You know, what if my Aunt Edna sees me out there? What's she going to say about me posting that, you know, I'm all of a sudden now fixing this problem in the marketplace when I've only been making 50 grand at a job my whole life? Like, how would I even generate traffic? Because I don't, nobody knows me, number one. And I'm afraid of the people that do know me, my friends and family, they're just going to mock and ridicule and make fun of me, man. And But I got to start with organic. What do I do? Yeah. I mean, number one is you have to, in order to get over that imposter syndrome, you know, you have to figure out what's more valuable to you. Okay. So I always talk about, there's this idea of, you know, fame versus fortune. So many people will either... Number one, they'll get attracted to um, being famous or, you know, this this isn't necessarily the audience that we're talking to, but I just want to kind of paint a picture. You know, there's really two things that, that people are, are attracted to in terms of um, you know, personal growth. One is becoming famous or social media famous or um, getting notoriety or, or, or getting accolades and getting attention from other people. Those are the people who really aren't afraid to go self-promote themselves and, and market no matter what's going on in their personal life. But then you've got the, the alternative side of that, that coin, which is people who are likely, you know, they are, I call them silent geniuses, right? It's like they, they're an expert in their space, but they, or they've got notor they've got, um, you know, authority in their space for something that they can do, but they're afraid to tell other people about it. Right. Or yeah. they, they are really, really great at what they do. And they just think that other people are just going to naturally come find them because they're really great at what they do. So I want you to think about, you know, what is more important to you? Is it being nervous that 
hey, Aunt Edna or Uncle Bob are going to call you out at Thanksgiving dinner next year because they see some some post that doesn't look like you or that that's the old version of you. Old version of you was really, really quiet or was posting, you know, all pictures about your kids and your family and whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you're 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 talking about some area of business that you've never talked about before and you're worried that they're going to question you or, you know, is it more valuable for you to start to build a life of freedom that you control and generate lead flow and taking ownership of your domain and building yourself as a credible authority and understanding that just because you're great at what you do, just because you can get results, other people will find you, which is false. It will not happen, or at least it will not happen in a consistent manner that you want it to happen. And are you going to step up and start to start to showcase your authority and start to um, demonstrate that you can actually help people regardless of what Aunt Edna and Uncle Bob think? Because here's the reality is that that old version of you is going to hold you back. And the other realization is, is that even though they may comment, like there, if it's negativity, then that's their problem. That's not yours. OK, they're just they're just self projecting that it whatever is happening in their life, they're self self projecting that towards you that should not hold you back from going to achieve your dreams right but the also the other thing is most of the time that's just uh that's just fear right it's it's false evidence appearing real meaning they probably aren't going to say all the bad things that you think they're going to say and that's what's holding you back so you got to take that step you got to overcome that and figure out what's more valuable is it more valuable for me to be afraid of what uncle bob and Aunt edna, edna are going to say to me um, or is it more valuable for me to understand that if I do start talking about this, then I'm going to have some real genuine conversation. I'm going to attract people that may be interested in my services. And if that happens, then I can build, I can double my income the next year. I can quadruple my income the next year. I can 10 X my income the next year, all of which is very real and very possible. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I, all of that, all of that. And, and so I wanted to go back to uh, other form of coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. When you were talking about doing one-on-one -on -one coaching when you first got started, um, I've listened to a lot of your, your content and your podcast. By the way, it's solid gold. What's the best podcasting? You, you had two at the time when I first started listening to yeah. you. Where's the best? Our podcast audience can plug into your podcast, by the way. Yeah. What's the best one? I, I do have two podcasts. Uh, my first one is more marketing and sales related. That's called Sold with Webinars. So that's very specific to all things, you know, uh, you know, marketing and sales and personal branding and, and, um, you know, just generating leads and sales and awareness for your business. So that's sold with webinars. And the other podcast that I have is experts unleashed, which is where I interview other seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs and just pick their brain and figure out how did they, how did they do what they do? So that's exclusively yeah. an interview style podcast and sold with webinars is a mix of interviews and solo, but it's skewed more towards solo content. So it's probably 70 30 solo versus interview style content yeah and it's and it's solid gold stuff man so i think one easy way to do it is just type joel erway e-r-w-a-y into itunes and you'll see both of them come up right there and take your pick and also before i get to the next question this is coming out fall of 2023 what do you got where do you want people to go visiting you online that listen to this podcast and want to find out more about you your products your services we'll mention again at the end mm -hmm. we'll put a link in the bio but right now uh Oh, I want to make sure we get to that. Where's the best place that you would think someone would be best 
suited going from this podcast to find out more about you online? For sure. The best place for them to start is joelerway.com. Uh, that's kind of my central hub, and they can kind of peruse all of my content and figure out what the best avenue for them is. Uh, but I'd say that's the best place for them to start. They'll also find my links for my podcast there. and um, Or you can search for my book, High Ticket Courses. Uh, that's on Amazon or highticketcourses.com. So those are probably the best spots to start. Got it. And so I was, I was listening to you on one, a podcast a while back. This was a couple of years ago, but you were talking about one-on-one coaching and it wouldn't be ideal for somebody once you get established because obviously because of leverage and there's only one of you and you're selling your time. But I thought this was a really interesting thing you said. And you said that, look, if you're coaching somebody, let's say they're going to pay you $7,500 for 90 days. Okay. Having a call every week, just to think that you're putting 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound bag. That's my phrase, not yours, but really stuffing it full of, we're going to have a call every week for 12 weeks and look at all this great value. Rather than do that, sell the solution. Okay. So you're, this is the result of us working together and you use the word transformation a lot. And I love that word. That is a very powerful word, transformation. And I thought it was genius what you said, Joel, because you're like, look, if you happen to have a call every Monday and life happens, kids get sick, home from school, you got to take a quick trip somewhere, you don't get the work done. You're just having a call to talk about the weather or it's a waste of time. Rather than that, say, look, you have access to me when you need me. And when you need me, we're going to have a very strategic call, high content, high level strategy call. I thought that was a great thing because you might not only, you may have two calls in 12 weeks but you still got the results. Exactly. Have you, do you remember saying something or maybe you said it a thousand times, but does that ring a bell? Yeah. The reality is, is when you sell one-on-one coaching, you are likely selling to the type of prospect that values their time more than they value their money. Okay. And if you solve a pressing pain, if you sell, solve an urgent pain, uh, or are selling them into a, some sort of new desired solution, because you don't always have to sell, you know, solve, like pressing pains, right? The pain could just yep. be, I don't know how to get there. It might be, I want to get here, but I just don't know what the fastest way to get it. That could be the pain. Um, but regardless, if you're selling some sort of solution, one-on-one coaching is likely going to be the highest you know, investment that you sell in terms of the form of the transformation, the form of the result. And the people who are willing to pay for one-on-one value their time more than they value their money. And so I've seen this mistake happen so many times that when people design their offers and they start to go through, here's what you're going to get, right? You get all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh yeah. And then you also get, you know, every single week we get a, you know, we're going to have an hour long call. And on that call, we're going to do this and this and this and this. And many times I've been on the receiving end of of those pitches where I want to go buy something. And if they tell me that, like I, I hired... I'll never forget this. Um, I hired uh, a high performance coach, a mindset coach, um, two or three years ago. Great guy, really, really great guy. He was Lance Armstrong's mindset coach. He was Tiger Woods's mindset coach for a while. So, like, this dude is like top of the top. And so we get on a discovery call, and um, I'm like, yeah, okay, like, let's. What's it look like? Look like to work with you? And he's telling me that like I have to show up. Like I got to do these weekly hour-long calls and I told him like oh man you know I really don't want to do that like is that a requirement of yours yes it's an absolute requirement I'm like all right fine I'll do it so I didn't I did end up investing in it but like I I kind of just dreaded those calls every single week because I'm like what are we gonna be doing like you know 
I have a specific problem that I really want your help with. And it doesn't require me to take an hour out of my time every single week to get this resolved. And there, and ever since that moment, you know, unless it's like absolutely critical and required, I've had a lot of people pitch me their services and products and say, yeah, there's a weekly call that we got to do. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm out. I'm, I'm not doing it. Like I'm willing to cut you a fat check, but I yep. don't need your time. Like I don't need all that time that you're requiring. And I don't think the solution requires it. And so what people don't understand is that a lot of times that's a negative, right? When you are speaking to this audience, like if you tell them they got to show up for X, Y, Z calls, like that's the number one reason why they want to cut a fat check. And so they don't have to do these calls, right? So they don't have to show up to group coaching calls. They don't have to show up to all these other things. There is an, a segment of your audience who will sign up for that. And those are the people who value their money more than they value their time. That's why it's going to be a less, it's going to be um, a lower investment for people to work at that level because they have to sacrifice more of their time to get the result. But if I'm the top of the top, you know, top level buyer, and I just want to pay for a result, like I want that in as little time as possible. Right. And so working one-on-one -on -one with clients, that's why I give them like the emergency line. That's what they want. It's like, give me, give me access, you know, when I need it, you know, give me the bat line, give me the, you know, the emergency hotlines, like, Hey, text me whenever you've got a quick question. Cause a lot of times, you know, we have this asynchronous communication now where most of these questions can be answered either via loom or via text message or via a Slack. And if I say, you can ping me whenever you want, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Boom. That's enough for a lot of people to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But you're Joel Irway. You can command that. I'm, I'm, I'm Jim. I'm Jim. And I'm just, I just make up names and places by the way. So <laughs> I'm Jim in Boise. I'm not Joel Irway. Yeah. So if I just say, you know, text me or boxer me your question and I'll answer it in 24 hours. They're going to be like, well, who the hell are you, man? You're not, you're not anybody. I don't see you on the internet anywhere, but yeah, Joel Irway does it, <laughs> you know, see how, again, that can creep up in people's minds. I'd love to hear your feedback the, on that. The reality is, is if anybody is giving you that objection, then they're not sold. Then either one of two things are, are true. Okay. If they're bringing up that objection, like, yeah, but you're a nobody. Well, number one, you haven't established authority well enough. And, and, it's probably if they're in a sales conversation and they're giving you that objection that I'm, I, I would highly, highly doubt that that's, that's going to come up, but it might, it may come up if number one, um, like they're not sold on your solution yet. Right. Yeah. They're, either they're not sold on, on, on how you deliver the result or the pain's just not urgent enough for them. It's not big enough for them yet. Right. So that all comes down to urgency because the bottom line is, is if they, if they have an urgent enough problem and they're engaging in a conversation with you to solve that problem, the only other thing that you really need to convince them on is why your methodology is the fastest, safest way for them to achieve that yeah. result. And so if they're bringing up that objective, they have not believe they do not believe in your methodology. They do not believe in your system. And that doesn't mean like if you, if they can buy into your system and your methodology, they instantly already view you as an authority, right? So if you're getting that objection right. of like, oh yeah, well, I don't believe you. It's because you haven't done a good enough job of selling why the system works, why the system is the best way for that. Why the system that you developed, by the way, that's what makes you an authority is you created this system. Yep. Why the system that you developed is the best way for them to solve whatever problem that they have. Yeah, I love it. I love it. 
Um, you know, I want to get into AI. I'm kicking and screaming into this AI world, dude. I'm, I'm just, I'm so old school. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm 55. Uh, maybe it's because I just, uh, I love just the authenticity. Uh, I don't think I'll ever outsource my message and my passion, but I'm coming over to the dark side. All right. And I'm on your email list. So I know that you, you've been in the AI space, by the way, do you write your own emails? I do. Yep. That's great copy, man. <laughs> That's great copy. I didn't. I didn't know if you. I didn't know the answer to that question. So I've I've experimented with. Um, so anyway, let's let's get into AI because I have a feeling I know where the conversation AI. is going to go. Yep. So, so with AI, okay. So I'm just like on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably a two right now. I'm Chat GPT, mm -hmm. like coming up with ideas for you know podcast topics mm -hmm. or things like that. I don't even know what I don't know. So I see your emails and I'm like, Joel Irway is going down the AI rabbit hole. And I thought you wrote a brilliant email. This might even have been six months to a year ago. I don't want you to think I'm a stalker, by the way, <laughs> but I do, I kind of, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast mm -hmm. so I could just come clean and tell you all this stuff I've been, I know go. about you. But you're like, all these AI gurus are saying this and that. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But yeah. What is it about AI that most people are missing, you think? And feel free to take this and run with it, man. Like, what is it, number one? Am I, I'm only on ChatGPT just to use it for some research and things like that. What are you using for in your business? And what's the biggest misconception so far about that yeah. AI? This is a topic that I love, okay? I'm a tech guy at heart. You know, it's kind of like my secret passion. I just love all things tech. Um, but I'm also, as an engineer, I always approach things with a healthy dose of skepticism. Um, I made the, mm -hmm. I made a big mistake of like jumping all into crypto at the absolute worst time, which was April of 2021. I pumped a, a bunch of money into it and then immediately the market just has collapsed since then. So anyway, I, I'm still, just to be clear, I'm still a firm believer in crypto and blockchain. It's just yeah. uh, from an investment standpoint, I got it at the absolute wrong time. So I am still a believer in all that tech. So let's talk about AI um, because the the biggest thing with AI in um, key point number one is that we are at a point of a rate of acceleration and a rate of change that what I say today is probably not even gonna be true tomorrow. That's how fast things mm -hmm. are changing with AI. The biggest misconception, though, that people in the marketing and the content creation space have with AI that I don't think is there yet is they think it's going to take all their jobs. I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to take all their jobs because if we hold on to that belief, people also said that when the Internet came out. Right. When people started mm -hmm. to, you know, adopt the internet, oh, my God, it's going to change. It's going to, you know, people, are, so many people are going to be out of out of jobs it's like, well, that just happens with technological evolution is that it's not that people are out of jobs is jobs do become obsolete but it's up to those people to also learn other skills to then go just adapt because it's not like jobs are going to disappear now we're not going to have any work for people it's just no. going to adapt okay so um that's the first thing number one it's going to change rapidly number two is don't be afraid of it you got to embrace it and i know that's difficult for some people to say especially if they're um, of the generation where they couldn't even adopt the internet, like my grandparents, you know, it's like they tried for so long to like them getting the internet was just like, I, it was game changing, but, um, you know, you just have, can't be afraid of it. 
can't be pretty. It's gonna, it's going to be involved in our life. It's already involved in our life, in in people's lives, and and they don't even realize it. And we're now seeing AI generated sales calls, like outbound sales conversations, like you are talking to an AI voice and going back wow. and forth. So it's gonna happen. It's coming. It's here. But I don't want anyone to be like I. I don't want to get. A, I'm not afraid of it. I don't think anybody else should be afraid of it because I think number one, the government's going to be imposing their own types of regulations and restrictions on it so it doesn't get completely out of control i do not think that the world is like we are going to get attacked by ai bots i don't think that's coming down the pipe i don't think we're going to have like a you know a terminator moment um but what, I, <laughs> but what i'm using ai for is uh, and what it's helped with tremendously is creativity okay so like i have tried to train ai to just like write my emails for me and, um, and, and come up with content for me and it can do a good job. Like it really can, but we're in a world right now where content production is and content volume is a commodity. Like we don't need any more content. We haven't needed any more content for decades like you know ever since youtube came out like 15 plus years ago you know and, and the internet came out like content has been i mean the world is is inundated with content what we need is perspective and what and that's what people will pay for that's what people will pay attention for and as of right now i do not think that ai is completely um taking over personalities Meaning there's a reason why you open my emails, Sam. There's a reason yep. why other people follow me. There's a reason why other people follow thousands of other influencers because they, they want their perspective, right? AI is great at generating just fluffy content and it can be even valuable content. But what people will pay attention to is what's, what is my spin on something that's happening? What is my take on another thing that's happening. How can I explain something in a way that makes my audience get it, right? Because um, that is what I feel like is the biggest gap with people and why they're so afraid of AI. What I use specifically ChatGPT for, and this is what is like game changer for me as a marketer, as a copywriter, as an offer designer, is how do I explain things in a way that people are gonna understand? I've got, I've, I will feed it a piece of content like, hey, I want to teach this, right? I want to teach this one core point. Tell me a story that will get my audience to come to the self-realization themselves that this point is important, right? And that's what's unique. Like that's what ChatGPT is great for. Um, you know, I'm creating a four hour long event and I want to understand more about my market. You know, what are their fears? What are their pains? What are their desires, right? If I've got this one core concept that I want my audience to understand, what are four false beliefs that they have around this being true? Mm. And that's all stuff that I've known intuitively or maybe even have not been able to explain clearly. But ChatGPT is now able to help me refine my message, make it more clearly distilling thoughts that I have a hard time explaining. Now they're able to distill it immediately and I can tell it a hundred thousand different ways. So while I'm not yet convinced that we're going to be at a point where I can just say, Hey, go clone Joel AI. Can you come clone me? Maybe it can for content that I've already produced, but my audience and the world is still yearning for my unique perspective. 
And as yep. far as I know, as of right now, that's that's not um, that's not happening. Now, um, that doesn't mean in three months, six months, a year. That's <laughs> that's still going to be true. I mean, that's the one thing that I don't know about AI is it's rapid. It's changing so fast. I mean, we do have you know fully AI YouTube channels that are that are popping up with these you know um, artificially generated human beings. Um, yeah, it's kind of creepy and it's kind of scary, but I think that it's going to place place even more of a premium on real human to human interactions. I think we can determine, like, we can rely on AI for certain things, just like a search engine. But it's going to place an even higher premium on true authenticity, true human experiences, live events, um, live experiences, because we are now at an age of like you can't believe anything you see on the internet like it's going to be literally to a point where you can literally you 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 have to question everything everything that you see um and so i i mean i embrace it but i understand why people are afraid but i just don't think that we need to be afraid because i think the pendulum is going to swing more towards authenticity you know we've got ai that does automation and all this other content and all this other stuff ChatGPT is freaking phenomenal. I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, yeah. do I have it creating my emails? No, I've had it create a couple, and I'll send it. And like this, is as much of as I've refined it. It just there's still certain things that don't sound like me. And when I refine it to, so often, I'm like I might as well have just written the damn email to start with. You know, <laughs> you know I've spent yeah. so much time to tweak it and refine it to make it sound exactly like me. I'm like I could have written this thing five times already. But anyway, yep. That's I love that answer. I'm so glad I asked that question because you you nailed it. It authenticity is at a premium even more now than it's ever been, mm -hmm. and people want your perspective on. That's why that's why I love podcasts so much because it all the fluff. You're just having an authentic conversation with somebody. I mean, we have no script. I didn't. I have no questions written down. We're having a conversation like we're hanging out, having a cup of coffee. It's going well, you know, as far as I can mm -hmm. tell, and so. I think it's important that people understand that they want, they still want your perspective on a topic. And I'll give you an example. Um, and I'm not afraid of AI. It's just like, I'm so authentic, probably to a fault. I mean, my wife is like, Hey, maybe dial that part down a little bit. I think, you know, you might don't go after the corporate guy too much in a podcast, but you know, I sent an email out. I just tested it once. I, I put it, I put into chat GPT, like write an email about the power of a dream or, or, or something like that. And I just copy paste it and send it to my list. And I compared it against the uh, previous email I sent about, I think I was like, I pot, for example, I podcast every day in my car from a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. So that's my podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got the Sure MV88 mic right here, plugs into my iPhone, and I've been doing it since 2005. Okay. People love mm -hmm. that because you don't need a studio, you don't need expensive equipment. You know, it's not the best production wins, it's the best message wins, yep. you know? And so I wrote an email similar to that. And the email open rate on that video about the Dunkin' Donuts was open rate was 37%. The open rate on the chat GPT, although it wasn't bad, it wasn't nearly that. And the click-through rate was abysmal because it was just this fluffy fluff dream, go for your dream, be confident. That, and so it was very obvious to me, people still want your perspective and your authenticity yep. when it comes to getting it. Yeah, it's, you know? it's funny. I, I'll echo that 100%. Um, 
Um, during COVID, I was doing solo episodes of sold with webinars and I did a version where it was just rucking with Joel. So if you don't know what rucking is, it's basically just walking with weights on your back, like in a, in a backpack, like just add extra stress on, on, uh, on your exercise. And so I started doing rucking with Joel episodes and I have my, I'll show you. So these headphones, which are expensive yep. wireless headphones, but have an absolutely garbage microphone garbage. It's, it's yep. horrible. Like the quality is just awful. So I just, put that on i'd start recording for my phone but through those through those headphones and through that microphone and i would i wouldn't even listen to it i mean i just send it off to the video you know, the the editor and like a few months afterwards like i listened to a couple episodes and i'm like oh my goodness this sounds <laughs> awful and like there's wind noise everywhere yeah. like you can hear the backpack rustling as i'm walking through whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm like how did anybody I listen to him i listened to him. yeah yeah i'm like how did anybody like sit through this and uh but I got no, I got no, um, you know, no uh, negative feedback from it. I'm like, okay. I mean, it, and it's it, authenticity wins, man. It really, it really does. And the amount of people that reach out to me saying like, oh man, I didn't know you rocked. Like I rocked. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, like those are the things that people want to connect with. Because yeah. here's the one thing that's that's kind of wild, Sam, is that in terms of podcasting, like video podcasts, like what we're doing right now, here's what you will be able to do. And you could actually probably do right now, okay? You could have a video chat with me without me being here, and you can set it up, right? If you trained AI on all of my content and then took a couple of video still, you know, still images of like me sitting here at my studio, you could use generative AI to just ask me questions live and have me answer. Now, I don't know what the answers are going to be, but it will, that is possible. So now we're getting to a point where we can have AI talk to AI. So that's you talking to a, an AI version of me, but then you can also train yourself into AI. So you can have AI talking to an AI version of your guest and you can talk to anyone dead or alive. You can make that Abraham Lincoln. You could make that, you know, uh, George Washington. You can make it Albert Einstein. You can make it, you know, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, like you name it, you can have, you can make that happen. So that's going to be kind of the interesting part of where we're, where we're already at. But I, I you know, it's, there's, I, I don't know how long it's going to take for AI to come up and be truly indistinguishable from an authentic conversation like with, like with you and me, um, because it's close, <laughs> but um, there's always going to be some, some gaps. Well, I don't use the word guarantee often, but I guarantee that I will. I'm never going to be doing a podcast interview with a cardboard cutout of George Washington, okay, <laughs> um, or Joel Irway. Yeah. I just that doesn't sound like something that I would necessarily want to do. But I'm glad we brought that up and 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 that you went into great detail because what I wanted the audience to hear is you you can never really outsource your authenticity mm -hmm. as much as you try to do it. People still want your unique perspective and your perspective changes. Mine, mine changes on mm -hmm. topics. You know, I had maybe passionate about something one way five or 10 years ago, but that was five or 10 years ago. And now I've got a new perspective on it. I think that's what really makes a successful podcast. But more importantly, uh, your power off. I mean, you talk about that. And man, we haven't even touched. I mean, there's so much I want to talk about. And we're already at an hour, so I don't want to take your time. But when I hear Joel Irway, I think power offer. I think just make the damn offer. I think sales first, marketing second, mm -hmm. you know, 
those are like my top three Joel Irway type of when it's almost says Joel Irway, I think power off. I think anybody that knows you knows yep. that. Like, so for the last few minutes, and I know I'm doing this completely a disjustice an, an injustice rather, but what is a power offer? Because if I didn't ask this question, then I should be just interviewing a cardboard cutout yeah. of you. Okay. Power offer. So in, in layman's terms, how do you describe that? Once somebody decides that they've got a product or service they want to sell, they want to market, they want to generate leads for, the next question is, well, how do I generate leads for it? What's my message? How do I make that happen? And I struggled with this for a very, very long time of, you know, there's a, like, if you follow any of the digital marketers, like, good luck, you're entering into a sea of confusion and everyone's gonna have their own unique spin. And I'm not here to say that I'm the best and I'm the greatest and you only follow me. But I went through the journey of listening to all these different marketers. And, and what happens is a lot of them will start to uh, start to pitch you on their funnel system, right? It's like, no, you need this funnel in order for success. You need this funnel in order for success. You need this funnel, like whether it's a webinar funnel or a challenge funnel or a lead magnet or whatever, right? That's, a, that's usually the conversation in which you start to start to get sucked into. Okay, awesome. So let's say you do decide to go down those funnels. Well, you still don't really know how to like get people into those funnels. And after like many, many, many months and years of trial and error, it happened. Um, I was, you know, running my own agency. I was trying to generate leads for my own agency. At that point, we had our own webinar running long form webinar that was trying to book appointments to, um, sell people on our webinar services. And it just wasn't working as well as I'd liked. And so I remember we had just moved to Lewiston. You know, we just moved into our brand new home. It was our dream home. It was like four times expense, four times as expensive as our previous home. So like the expenses were a lot higher. Our son was just born. He's, <clears throat> you know, probably six months old, eight months old at this time. You know, my wife was no longer working. So I'm the sole income provider. And um, I'm just like beating my head against the wall. I've joined four masterminds ranging from like, Twenty to thirty thousand dollars a piece, trying to crack this wow. code, trying to crack this code, and everyone's saying, "Do this, you know, hire an agency, you know, spend more money on ads, do this, do this, do this." And I was just getting, I was getting some level of success, but just wasn't sustainable. And I'm, I'm, I'm laying awake in bed one night and thinking, "Where my next, like, what do I need to do next?" And I'm reading this book from Bob Bly. He's a copywriter, and the title of the book was called "How to Create an Irresistible Offer." And one of the charts in like the first three pages uh, it explained that the fastest way to generate a customer is to make direct offers. That's oversimplifying what the chart says because Bob is an engineer. Actually, he went to school in Rochester as well, but he's an engineer yeah. and his book was so... I'm not trying to discredit him because it's it was a great book, but his language is very dry. Very, very dry. It's spoken like an engineer. So I had to like, I, I stare, I remember staring at this chart and like, I'm like, there's, there's gold here, but I had to decipher it for myself. It took me a long time to decipher. I'm like, holy crap. You know, what I had been doing up until this point was I was just, I was attracting freebie seeking leads and I was, I was generating leads of people who didn't want to buy right now. And understanding that how my messaging was framed right now was generating those types of leads. And it was taking me a really, yeah. really long time to convert them into wanting to purchase my products and services. But nobody was telling me how to generate leads of people who wanted to buy right now. And so I ran mm -hmm. downstairs, I saw this chart. I'm like, I get it. I know exactly what I need to do. I run downstairs, fire up my laptop. It's like 1130 at night. I said, I'm going to type this script out. 
and it was just the first thing that came to my head. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I wrote this to my, uh, my organic audience, my social media following on Facebook. And I said, hey, if, if you've got a course, um, and it, was, it was the end of the year, it was like approaching December. And I said, attention course creators, if I offer to write you a high converting webinar in the next you know, 24 hours, or I can't, it was either 24 hours or seven days, because I, I did create both of those, but whatever. If I offer to write you a high converting webinar um, in the next seven days without you needing to worry about what to say or how to say it, would you take me up on that offer? Right. And so I posted that on my social media profile, um, not even paid ads, by the way, just my organic audience. And I said, mm-hmm. I have such a good feeling about this that I'm just going to close my laptop. I'm not going to look at it at all until the morning. I wake up the next morning, open up my phone. I've got like 30 leads of people saying, like, yes, I'm interested. Like, hey, let's talk. I'm I, I like that offer. Let's talk. I'm like, holy shit. You know, it's like. I don't know if I can swear on a curse on this podcast, but I'm like, holy crap, you know, every day is Saturday. That's right. So I, um, so I reached out to a few and by the end of the day, I closed a $25,000 sale and had another person like in the, in, on the waiting list. So I had $50,000 in booked revenue, 25 K, you know, cash collected. And I'm like, I've got something here. So I'm like, okay, well that worked for my organic audience. Now, what if I just changed my entire you know, paid traffic campaign to where I'm not attracting leads. I'm now attracting people who want to buy right now. And so I took that exact same copy, which is now known as the power offer script. I posted that as, as an ad and that cut my lead cost by 90%. It was costing me 400 bucks to get a booked appointment. Now it was costing me like 30 to $40 per booked appointment of people who were ready to buy right now. Like they wanted to have an engaging sales conversation. Like, Hey, I saw that post. Let's have a conversation and let's see if we can work something out. And yep. it's changed the game for me. It, then we replicated that across a bunch of client accounts. I started to run workshops, teaching that power offer. I mean, it's now responsible for over nine figures in revenue because what it does is it allows you to simplify what it is that you do for your audience into one key sentence. And if your audience doesn't respond to that, your offer is off, your promise is off. And it's like, it's the monopoly rule. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not do anything else until you've got your power offer dialed in and you post it to any sort of audience. You need that feedback. And if you get the feedback that nobody wants it, you need to look at that as a positive, as if you just took a four-year marketing degree and saved yourself a heck of a lot of time. Because when you post an offer and it dies, which it will happen, you'll get no engagement or people don't want it. That's the most valuable feedback that you can have. You do not create a product around that. You do not do anything else. You revise that power offer until you get people saying, yeah, okay, let's talk. I'm interested. And you can do that with ads. You can do that anywhere you have an audience. You can do it with email. You can do it with social media. It's the most powerful thing that we've ever developed and ever come up with. So that is the power offer in a nutshell. It worked on me. Worked on me. And I'll tell you why it did. Because... I came to the call with a high level of desire. Yep. So when you come to the call with a high level of desire, there's no selling. And oh, by the way, when I had, it wasn't with you, but a member of your team, there was no NLP closing techniques yeah. happening on me. Okay. It was, you know, it was educational. Mm-hmm. And certainly you have to persuade people to get on board. It's not like I just said, hey, I got a credit card from Joel's team. Can I buy but I thought that was really well said by you and a very well written when it was targeted for individuals like me. You brought me to the call with a high desire. Yeah. I think that's a real pop. Well, yeah. And, and so you know. in the world of sales, people don't understand that either. It's like 
you know, anytime that you follow sales training, like if you need sales training to make a sale, I'm talking like full blown, you know, soup to nuts, NLP training. What you understand is you are part of the marketing funnel, right? So you are learning to take an uninterested lead, build interest, build desire, and then convert them into a sale. The yeah. system that we developed does not require marketing at all. Like it's meant to bring people who have a high desire for what you have based on your promise and your results. And they want to know how can this work for me? Okay. So you are not taking them through and like pressing on their pains. Like, Oh, how does that feel not to have this solution? And all this other BS that you have to go through. I mean, Sam, the amount of people that come into my world and make sales with this system and I give them no sales training and I do it intentionally because as soon as I give them some right. sort of framework, they freeze up and they're like, ah, I got to follow this step by step by step. If you come in with just a servant mindset of, Hey, I made a promise. Let's have a quick call to figure out if this is the right fit for you. And if I can actually help the rest is history. I mean, there's a reason why I don't give any sort of, you know, hardcore sales training is because as soon as people see it now, they pigeonhole themselves into, I have to do this and only this or else it won't work. And it's like, no, that's not true right. at all. If you have a compelling promise, a compelling offer, and people come into the call after seeing that, they're going to, the only question they want to know for the most part, the biggest question is, will this work for me? How will this work for me? I like that offer. I like that promise. I like the system. How is this going to work with me? Because everybody thinks I'm different. All of your prospects yep. think that I'm different. I'm unique. So let's have a call and I want you to explain to me what, you know, tell me whether or not this is going to work for me. And then we can have a discussion on what the investment is. Like it's, I don't want to say it's that simple, but it's, it is that simple. Like that's the, like the whole sales system in a nutshell. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. And I've seen it work. Uh, not just, you know, with, with what you and I have done in business in the past, but you and the thousands of other people that you've helped. And I, I just think you're one of the good guys online. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing all this. Look, dude, I could talk to you for five hours, but doubt you have five hours to give to a podcast. So we will cut it now. And uh, I just want to give a big thanks to Joel Irway. Check out his podcast. Just type in Joel Irway, wherever you get podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, all over the place. Go to joelerway.com. Find out more about how Joel or anybody from his team can help you. But, man, follow this guy. He is a treasure trove of information. Joel, thanks so much for being on the Everyday Saturday podcast. I mean, it's great to have thanks, you. Thanks, Sam. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Everyday is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar. Go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.